It's the two sexy Puerto Rican studs, Ortiz Santana, repping that, that LAX 5150. My vision is 2020. You want our 2020 podcast? Y'all listening to that 20 by 20 podcast, the best of wrestling, the best of hip hop. Check it out. Boom. Ow! 2020 podcast, bro. What? 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. Here we go. Here we go. This is episode 111 of the 20 by 20 podcast. I'm your host, Nathan McFly, and I'm flying Dolo today. Woodrow's out handling business, so I'm here dolo. Hopefully everybody doing good. Hopefully everything is still, you know, on the up and up as we are here in New York City. We're going through the phases of the openings. That does not mean you don't wear your mask. That does not mean you don't grab the hand sanitizer off the table before you leave. Do what your mom's been telling you to do since you was a kid, man. Wash them motherfucking hands, bro. Stop being dirty out here in these streets. You know what I'm saying like yo we gotta we gotta make sure that everybody's still following what's going on and following what then what needs to be done in order for us to get back to life what we know it you know what I'm saying I know people want to go out to the baseball baseball games basketball games football games even hockey you know what I'm saying I know I know especially the people listening to this podcast here want to get back to them live event shows you know what I'm saying I know that's in the back of your mind wondering when is it going to be safe, when is the right time to go, and yo, listen, man, just do what you need to do for everybody, not just for a certain community, but everybody, man, everybody in the world to be safe and be able to enjoy shit the way we used to enjoy it, you know, we doing these out, these outdoor dining, you know, this, this side, you know, these curb seatings and stuff like that, that ain't, that ain't, that ain't the move, man. Especially when it's like 105 degrees. You ain't trying to enjoy lunch outside. You're trying to be somewhere with his AC, my nigga. You know what I'm saying? Or maybe you'll stop by that spot, grab yourself a drink, and keep it moving. You know? That's just the way it is sometimes, man. And you just gotta, you know, put it in your mind. Put it in that mind frame of yours when you get outside. That everything has to be clean, man. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of stuff has been going on in pro wrestling. A lot of different things. You know, like also things that are kind of like uplifting that you see with other companies. For example, Impact. Impact Wrestling. Impact Wrestling is looking like they got EC3 back. And they got Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. Which is a big, big move for a company like that. And I understand why Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson would like to go to Impact. They have all the right in the world now to go and venture off and do dates in Japan whenever they want to. And I know that's something that they were really looking forward to. I mean, even outside of WWE. Yes, they signed those big contracts last year. But it was with the thought of not doing anything else after those contracts. And now that they're free, doing what they do, having a fire, fire podcast out the talking shop. With them too and Rocky Romero. And yo, shout out to Emilio Emilio Sparks, you know, engineering that whole that whole movement over there. And I know he got I know he got his hands in a couple of other things as well. But you know, shout out to them, man. Shout out to Lou Gallows and Carl Anderson. Shout out to the good brothers. You know, they brotherling softly all over the place, you know, having drinks and just being themselves. I mean, there's 
pictures of them right now <laughs> with uh, with the Young Bucks. Uh, we don't know what that means. We don't know where that's going to go. But as for right now, we know that they're going to sign with Impact. It's basically a done deal from all these other sources that are out there. And I just wish them the best of luck, man, because they're very talented. They're entertaining as fuck. That's why I don't even know what went wrong within the WWE realm because they look like they took whatever WWE was giving them. They look like they took it and ran with it, regardless of it being trash, fire, whatever it may be. They ran with it. And they were very instrumental in the AJ Styles Undertaker match, the cinematic match they had. The Boneyard match. They were very instrumental in there. You know, they had their little spots. Yeah, you know, they were basically, you know, stooges to AJ, if, you, if that's what you want to say. But they were very instrumental in that whole that whole rivalry. From them giving Undertaker the, the contract to sign, everything. Like, when WWE was going into the phase of not having anybody but the performers out there performing... For us sitting at home, they were there with AJ Styles. And that's what shocked me even more when they weren't at least furloughed. Like, they weren't furloughed whatsoever. They would just let go. They let go. I know their contracts were huge, but it's because of how valuable I thought that they were to WWE. But, you know, WWE is a place of a massive amount of talent. And they think they could go and do other things. I mean, we see it now. Like, they're putting basically the company on the backs of a lot of these youngins that are there. You see it in Raw. You see it in SmackDown with Andrade having a big, having big, big segments here and there. Even Garza, uh, Kevin Owens. If you go over to SmackDown, I mean, Braun Strowman is your champion at SmackDown. You have... You know, Shorty Gable coming back. Uh, it looks like Ali's coming back towards the the Raw brand and that whole stuff with the with the hacker is dead. I mean, look at Apollo Cruz. Apollo Cruz is the United States champion. AJ Styles is holding the IC belt. Like, there's a whole lot of different movements going on. You have Daniel Bryan with with Drew Gulak. Who would have knew that Drew Gulak would have been this much of a a big part? of the main roster at the moment. I mean, at one point he was let go. He, he came back. A lot of stuff is going on, man. I think it's a lot of good stuff. And this is a transition period that a lot of wrestling promotions, I think go through WWE in most part because of the, their wide history. But I feel like this is a transition phase. And we seen it in the early nineties when they were still doing like those gimmicky stuff. And they had to catch up to what WCW was doing with, like, the like the realness of their storylines and using real names and all the other shit. And I feel that right now we're seeing that transition. And we just have to give it time. Let's give it a little time for it to go into what we know it's going to probably go into. And it's going to be something big. But at the end of the day, WWE has to handle their business as well. They have to make sure that talent is being looked at, looked for because at the end of the day, with all these reports and all these uh, COVID cases coming out within the company and you have a whole bunch of fucking idiot talent there, like we're going to get into later, you know, putting out, 
putting out uh, finishes to stuff that hasn't even been fucking aired on TV. Yo, come on, man. Where where the fuck you at, bro? Don't do it for the don't do it for the views on your IG live or your your IG stories or the likes and comments on your fucking social media. Like I think what a lot of these talent need to do is shut the fuck up. And it's not only the talent either. It's the people working there. They need to shut the fuck up. At the end of the day, they need to know how to zip their lips. They're giving away too much. A lot. I seen that a lot of information has been coming out of WWE. And this is not just this year. This is just years on end. And it has to do with the inside workings, man. And they have to, have to minimize that. Look for the snakes in the grass, man. Minimize that shit. But going back to Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson, much respect, guys. Wish nothing but the best for you guys. Hopefully, T um, Impact has amazing plans for you guys because all you guys deserve is the best. And once you get back out to New Japan, if that's in the if that's in the works too, that's gonna be a beautiful thing, man. I can't wait to see that happen. Uh, one thing that I said earlier. Before starting this podcast was going to live live shows. Well, guess what? The fucking machine that is the WWE is already planning for live attendance at Raw and SmackDown this month. But another report has come out that said that's been delayed for, I guess, uh, a month down the line or whatever it may be. But, you know, they already had a place in the works. Uh... The RP Funding Center in Lakeland, Florida. Now, my thing about this. This is an hour away from the Performance Center, as they would say on uh, on Fightful. Sean, Sean Ross Sapp put this out there. Shout out to Sean Ross Sapp. But my thing is this. Like, you have stuff already taped, right? I don't know how many weeks are taped, but there's stuff already taped. You're going into a pay-per-view event. Why not quarantine everybody? You want to show, you see how everything is moving a little more north on the East Coast. Everything's moving pretty well. You can have outdoor events. As we see, I'm, I'm hearing Lupe Fiasco's out here trying to do a concert. Uh, Michael Che was just doing some stand-up in Long Island City. Shout out to Stephen Pantadillas. He was out there. B BBW was good. Um, But yeah, like, why not... Quarantine your roster, your staff, for about two, three, maybe four weeks. Do a show at Pier 51 in the city. Easy. Easy. Pier 51. Let's see how much that holds over there. I'm, I'm, I'm going to look it up right now. Give me a sec. Give me a sec, everybody. I know, I know they do a lot of stuff out there, man. They, they're always doing, you know, shows and, so out, you know, they, I know they got some outdoor seating around there. They probably could hold down a couple thousand people. You know what I mean? There's a couple, there's a couple of places. It doesn't even have to be New York. It doesn't even have to be New York. You could go anywhere else where it's looking a lot better than florida florida is an is the next center for this virus why even have your talent there start moving shit around 
Move shit around. And I know you want to get back to that back. I know they're so, so focused on getting back to that back. But at the end of the day, Vince McMahon just made $177 million profit. Supposedly in this in this uh this first quarter that passed us. I mean, if that's the case, what's the rush? You know, I know that with TV deals and everything in place, there's a lot of stuff within those contracts that say they got to live up to. So they're trying to live up to it. All I'm saying is. Be careful, be careful with what you're doing. Because at the end of the day, you know, they they looking at WWE like if they're doing shit ass backwards compared to AEW. For AEW, haven't heard of anybody catching COVID. You know, when they heard that some people even were around, people that had it, they stayed home and got tested multiple times. So at the end of the day, it's like, yo, like... They have to put in place a plan that makes them look a little better, at least in the eye view of all fans, not just WWE fans, AEW fans, all fans. Because right now the PR looking crazy. It's looking crazy out there, man. Yeah, I, I just don't think Florida is the spot. I don't think Florida is the spot to open up to fans just yet. I don't think it's the spot just yet for that. Uh, another thing we have we haven't really talked about. I know this was about uh, maybe a week or two ago, with uh, the ending to the Undertaker documentary, the last ride on the WWE Network. Well, it's looking like the Undertaker's career is a wrap. We don't know that for sure, but as we seen last week on SmackDown, they did a nice uh, nice tribute to the Undertaker. With Jeff Hardy there, and if everybody and anybody knows the rivalry him and Jeff Hardy had over the years, especially for the for the WWE Championship with the ladder matches and everything, it was just a phenomenal, phenomenal uh, feud that they had. But I start thinking, I was like, does Undertaker have one more match in him? Maybe even in the cinematic atmosphere, does he? I think he has one more. I. Th- think he has one more but if he has one more do they give it back to AJ so AJ could catch that win because as they say when people are leaving the territory people are retiring they go they go off losing because they got to put the next person that's in line they got a big demo and to this I say maybe not AJ Maybe we should start looking into the future of WWE. I'm not talking about NXT, Raw, SmackDown. I'm talking about the whole umbrella, WWE. And the one person that comes to mind when I think about the future of this company is Adam Cole. Adam Cole, even for his small stature against Undertaker, it'll be like when Undertaker was going against Jeff Hardy. Undertaker versus Eddie Guerrero. I mean, the list goes on. Undertaker versus Rey Mysterio. And I just feel that Adam Cole could live up to the match just the way AJ did. And Adam Cole, even though he's looked at as a star already, this would just further his his star value and boost his potential within 
the main roster of WWE. This is something that I think should be talked about. Hopefully, it is. Maybe we get it at Mania next year. I mean, Mania's in LA. They got to do something big over there. Let's see what happens. Maybe we'll be there for fans. Maybe we won't. I guess we'll see what happens after that. And just thinking about all that, seeing all the moments from him coming, him debuting with Million Dollar Man at Survivor Series. Uh, first casket match with Yokozuna at Royal Rumble, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was like 93, 94. To him coming back and it's the next, next year's SummerSlam. Or that year, SummerSlam against the Undertaker that Paul Bearer came in with, <laughs> with a uh, million dollar man, to you know the whole Phantom of the Opera, Undertaker, Undertaker vibe, you know him winning the title at Mania against against Sid, if I'm not mistaken, you know, and wow, just a lot, a lot, him turning into the American badass because he thought. His, you know, his whole gimmick was stale. He just needed something different. And that that brought a whole new light into the character. When I seen the playback of him re-debut, not, not re-debuting, but coming back to WWE as the American Badass on Raw, I remember what I first thought as a kid. I was just like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I was just very confused at the moment. I mean, you know. As a kid, I think the the most magazines I, I, I was reading was like uh, PWI, the WWE magazine itself, shit like that. I wasn't trying to like ruin shit. I wasn't looking into the dirt sheets at that age. I was just really enamored with what's going to happen on Monday Night Raw tonight. What's going to happen on Monday Night Nitro tonight? What the fuck is going on? What is the NWO going to do? What is DX going to do? What is Austin going to do? Like... That, that that's where my whole mindset was at as a young teen. You know what I'm saying? So just seeing all that and going back through all that, I started thinking about, like, my favorite moments of The Undertaker. And one of my favorite moments that I don't know if it's ever really talked about like that was a match he had with Bret Hart at SummerSlam. And... Ah man, you know what? Let me let me just go back. Let me just go back real quick. It was SummerSlam '97. They had you know they they had like that big image of the Undertaker behind Bret Hart, as as the whole you know um, as the whole selling point for that SummerSlam. You, I mean. You had Shawn Michaels as the guest referee. And this was all brewing. This was all leading up into something. And it was something so, so phenomenal, man. That I, <laughs> I just laugh. Like, I laugh literally just thinking about this. Because it was just greatness in the ring. You had The Undertaker at, I can't even say his peak, but he was... He was definitely in his zone and definitely an amazing, amazing big man talent against a technician in Bret Hart. And everybody knows how much of a Bret Hart fan I am. I, I fucking love Bret Hart. But this was just phenomenal. Just everything. Knowing that it was all going to lead to Bret 
and Sean. Just knowing that. Knowing that it was going to lead to Brett and Sean that November. And everything else that just, you know, manifested after that no- that, that Survivor Series in November in Canada. And what Undertaker meant, not only to the locker room, but just to that whole company in itself. You can't ask for a better person to represent your company. A more loyal, a more deserving person to have not only all these accolades, but all the love being shown to him. And I know a lot, a lot of stuff, especially with all, um, you know, all the movements that's been going down with uh, Black Lives Matter, uh, which is, you know, we're all for it here at the 20 by 20 podcast. Don't get it twisted. You know, we, we over here, you know, we can't be in the front lines, but we're trying to donate money to where it matters for this movement to keep moving in the right direction. And, you know, like I said, if I'm not mistaken, a week or two ago, you know, we're coming out with some merch where it's just going to go straight to charity. And it, and it's going straight to these, you know, to these companies that are helping forward with not only the movement, but uplifting the black community. Giving giving chances to those kids who you know not that wouldn't that wouldn't have the chance or just doesn't have the funds to to create that chance for them going to school like we out there trying to do that you know what i'm saying but besides all that again away from it i know a lot of people are mad that undertaker really didn't say much or didn't say nothing whatsoever towards the movement i just say this if you ain't got shit to say or you don't have I'm guessing, I'm saying this, the right thing to say. Because there's only one thing you can say about what's going on right now. If you ain't got nothing to say, then shut the fuck up. Just just stay quiet. Rather you just stay quiet. You know, I, like uh, my boy Julio and DT, DTTH said, Gino, what up? We ain't got to support you. We're going to watch it, though. We're going to watch the wrestling and everything. We just don't got to support you. And, you know, it's all good. You know, I, I just can't not think about those moments as a kid and how happy I was watching some of this shit back. And it's totally understandable. You know, it's all good. But shout out to The Undertaker. If this is your last ride, then this is your last ride, bro. It's all good. And uh, going to that. Now that we on that topic, Big E put out how Vince McMahon was all for them kneeling and putting the fist in the air. He said all they did was run it by him, and he gave them the okay so quick that they, they went and did it. I don't know why this is out there or why... It, it caught a headline, like, you know, it caught headlines off of ESPN, Bleacher Report, all that shit, all that fly shit, CBS, but at the end of the day, man, it's like, with within wrestling, we know that the outcomes 
are already projected. The outcomes are already known. They're still hurting themselves when they're in that ring. They still put in their lives on the line, their bodies on the line and everything. At the end of the day, us as human beings, we need to focus our energy when it comes to the race part and everything. We need to focus our energy on what's going on in the real world. And I just commend Big E and Kofi for putting that realism into this world. Into this universe, this WWE universe. They they injected some realism into it by putting their fists in the air. By letting everybody know that there is something going on in this world, ladies and gentlemen. Whether you like to hear it or not. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you, fellas. You know? We're being represented. We might not be represented by the ones that we wanted to say something. But at the end of the day, we're represented correctly by the ones that should have said something. And that's the new day. Thank you, fellas. Truly appreciate it. And it just, you know... Just makes me love this even more. You know what I'm saying? And hey, why not give Big E a shot at that title, man? He looking like somebody that could take Strowman out for that universal title. He looks like he could hold that title nice and well. Hey, Xavier Woods, it's your time to come back, baby. You and you, Kofi, holding holding the tag while homie holding the universal. Yeah, that's looking good. That look like that right there. That's that's merch. That's merch to buy right there, baby. That's merch to buy. Knowing Big E, Jesus Lord, the strap on that boat, that strap on the belt, probably unicorn and pancakes, baby. <laughs> Shout out to the new day. Love you guys, man. Love this you. is Nathan McFly, the 20 by 20 podcast, and this episode was sponsored by Dream Match Wrestling. You're asking yourself, who's Dream Match Wrestling? What's Dream Match Wrestling? Let me tell you who Dream Match Wrestling is. He is the master designer, the hand behind the pen, who helped us bring to light our ideas on the Brian Pillman shirt, Shawn Michaels shirt, Finn Balor shirt that we got going right now. And he has many, many more designs. And if you want to see what he's doing with his Dream Match scenario line, this is what you got to do. Go www.dreammatchwrestling.shop. You want to get in touch with him individually, go to his Instagram page at Dream Match Wrestling. You got an idea for a logo, an idea for a shirt, an idea for a portrait, whatever it may be, he brings the ideas to light, brings it in front of you because he is the master designer, the hand behind the pen. He is Dream Match Wrestling. Check it out. Now back to the pod. Another thing. This Wednesday, yesterday, first night for Fighter Fest and first night for the great American Bash. Yes, the WWE has came back with the Great American Bash. But let's uh, start off with Fighter Fest. Night one. Shout out to Faye Jackson. Faye Jackson, I've seen you in attendance. Uh, Brian Pillman Jr., I've seen you in attendance too. That's what's up. Love the fact that they're using these indie talents in the crowd. Even if it's just like a two, three second shot on the camera, it's, it's all love. Because think about all the thousands of people that follow these individuals and see them on national TV 
how hype because I was hype when I saw them. I'm pretty sure everybody else was. I'm pretty sure the Jabba Tears was hype. You know what I'm saying? So that's just that's just a phenomenal, phenomenal piece of work from them. I love how they're using the indie talent to keep doing it. Um, the night the night opens up with a tag team match, and I've seen that AEW at least for the past couple of weeks. I know their their emphasis is on tag team wrestling, but for the past couple of weeks, they've been really big on tag team wrestling from the opening to the ending of the shows. So we have MJF Warlow versus Jurassic Express, which was uh, Jack Perry and Luchasaurus. MJF opens this real spicy though. You know, talking his talk, walking his walk with that pink robe. Ah, uh, whatever. <laughs> but, um, you know, he put it out there like, Yo, listen, you know why they want me to start off the show? He's like, hey, we're in a ratings war. This is the first time it's being said by talent is being acknowledged. I mean, they've always hit, you know, they always threw subliminals here and there, but then retract sometimes on what they're saying. But for him to say that, everybody know what it, what it is. It was said on TV. Everybody heard it, so everybody knows what it is. And Warlow. Warlow is looking good every time I see him in the ring. He's looking quicker, stronger. When I seen him do that, whatever they want to call it, F10 on Luchasaurus, I was... I, I couldn't... I I don't know, man. <laughs> Yo, his, seeing him hit a big person, a person bigger than him with that move, and the way he threw him off his shoulders is just a phenomenal thing to see. Shout out to him. He's probably the diamond in the rough of early signings from AEW. He might hit, man. He might hit and be and be a champ soon. Very, very soon. Um, you know, they threw in the little pieces here and there of maybe hinting at a breakup between Warlow and MJF has... MJF went with the diamond ring that he won. Try to hit Luchasaurus and Luchasaurus ducked. He almost hit Warlow but didn't. But tells Warlow, you can't do anything right. What the hell? And then when he's pushed into Warlow, he decks Warlow with the ring. Warlow is, is shook. He's all over the fucking place. After a couple of kicks and all this other shit that Luchasaurus does, the match is over. MJF is a smart dude, though. After he hit him, he said, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. You know, he tried to apologize. Try to make sure Warlow thinks that he's, you know, a good a good guy. After he was just talking shit about him. That was funny. And if this is hinted, uh, I, I see something good coming out of this. I mean, MJF is going to come out on top. MJF is just the undeniable star that AEW is molding at the moment. And... It's just a great thing, and I can't wait to uh, to see what comes of him. But with Wardlow, man, that, that dude's scary, bro. A lot of potential, a lot of potential in that guy, and I see a lot, a lot of good things with him. Hopefully, we can hear him on the mic one day. Still haven't heard him speak. Cody. Cody comes in with a new American Nightmare shirt that resembles the Great American Bash OG logo. Throwing out 
all the hate, my nigga. Oh my god, yo, Cody. Cody was in his shit yesterday. Cody was in his bag. He knew they they were coming in with that Great American Bash. He's like, I got something better for you, as everybody knows. Dusty Rhodes, the creator of the American Bash. All good, all good. But uh, yeah, I thought that was a nice touch right there before the start of his match with um, Jack Hager. By the way, I was very, very surprised by this match because I did not think it was going to be this good. Cody, he's just really great in the ring. He knows how to tell the story within the ring. From the moment the bell rang, he was selling stuff. Even if it was a push from Hager, he was selling the fact that this guy is bigger than me, stronger than me, and I have a test in front of me. And just implementing those little things here and there like that could tell the story, builds the story, builds it up to where like when he's, you know, getting that second that second wave of strength and trying to go after Jake Hager, he's going to have the crowd behind him. But it's a little twist there. This is where the psychology and, and, the, and the mind fuck comes in for the fans. You see the little horseman-like shit happening with his brother coming out of nowhere. Arn Anderson getting into the match. Yes. Hager's wife smacked the shit out of Cody. Okay, cool. But Cody did a lot more to get that win. And the way it ended with uh, with Cody in that makeshift pin between him and Hager, because Hager thought he had him in a chokehold and he tapped out, just lives to tell more of a story. Besides the story of the inner circles looking ass right now. Ass to the point where we're going to get into the next match, Santana and Ortiz versus Private Party. Shout out, they gave me, you know... These HOG vibes at Almazora in Jamaica. I swear, I could have sworn I was at an HOG show watching this match, man. That was great, bro. But even they lost. They lost clean, too. And I've been saying that Santana and Ortiz should be getting a chance. Should be able to be doing something within that tag division. As many times as I've seen them go against Lucha Bros. As many times as I've seen them... Go against Young Bucks. Go against a whole bunch of just array of talent. And I, I just don't know why. I really do not know why they're not getting the chances right now in AEW. Maybe it's gonna this is going to make a switch for something later, but nothing i don't see nothing with santana and ortiz right now every time they touch that ring whether it is whether it is a tag match six-man match singles they're losing and i just feel like i don't know maybe maybe i'm biased man maybe because i'm from new york just want to see them win man you know what i'm saying but shout out to them i'm hoping everything changes up for them but it was a great match between them and private party private party another team Who's young. They're young in the game, man. Early 20s. They look great in the ring. Um, Quinn. The match he had with uh, Cody the other week. Phenomenal. Especially Hurt. And they, they, could, they could go, man. They could go. 
It's just a lot of a lot of the talent, especially in AEW. You know, they're up and coming, and it's not that they have a performance center to go to first before hitting that TV. They're going straight to TV, and they're learning as they go. So I'm giving them all the time in the world to get everything correct and make and make the best moves they can within that talent. I mean, Penelope Ford, gosh, her and a um. The women's champion. I can't say her name right. I can never say her name right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to everybody. Can never say her name right. Hikaru Shida. Hope I said that right. <laughs> but um her versus Penelope Ford was great. I mean, I to be honest, I've seen Penelope Ford in the ring. But this was like a different Penelope Ford. She was a lot more fluid. And the way that she dodged the the drop kick off the top rope and then just went into a stunner was was a highlight definitely a highlight this was definitely one of those matches that you probably didn't think was going to be good ended up being really good so shout out to them shout out to AEW giving the women time finally you know what i'm saying giving them time but uh i can't wait for night 2 man night 2 should be fire Night 2 should be fire, fire. Uh, we have also the Great American Bash to talk about. Uh, Great American Bash. Oof. I'll be honest. I think I was a little more entertained with AEW than I was with the Great American Bash. I mean, Great American Bash, the one gem. I feel like nobody thought much about this match until it happened. Timothy Thatcher... Versus Oni Larkin. Holy shit. Oni Larkin owned up to what he's viewed as on social media. As a fucking reckless person. A madman. We already know what Timothy Thatcher is all about. Them just going at it and beating the living shit out of each other. And just grind, grinding bones and yo stretch. Oh my god. Yo, shout out. Yo, the way that they're presenting Timothy Thatcher as like this ruthless character is amazing because that's exactly who he is that's what he looks like he has chip chip teeth uh, he has a chip tooth missing tooth it's perfect <laughs> it's fucking perfect like everything they're doing on the timothy thatcher line is looking great and i feel that if he goes into matches with other bigger stars such as uh carrying cross at the moment adam cole uh, who else? Keith Lee. Like, anything that happens within that match will be viewed as, as like, a real asking. You know, like that that catch wrestling that he loves to do. And, oh, my God, I would love to see him and Keith Lee in the ring together. Especially for a title. Whether it be the North American title or the, the, um, the NXT championship. I think that would be a phenomenal match to see. And something they should be leaving for TakeOver. Because what we saw last night at the Great American Bash, especially that match, that match would be would have been an opening for a takeover. Uh, the the Fatal Four Way with the with the women, it was okay. Great ending. I love Tegan Knox winning. I mean, a lot of people probably thought that Candice LeRae might win, but you know, her and Mia Yim have stuff they still haven't really worked out. In that storyline. So. 
with that being said, it really, really held down um, held down the stories going forward. And I think Tegan Knox versus Io Shirai is going to be another takeover-worthy match. Like, this is going to be something I think might take... I mean, might take all of the... Oh, the hype from the takeover. I mean, you never know. If this is an opening match as well, this could be something that everybody's going to be talking about once that event closes out. So those were the matches that really, really spoke to me. Um, I love the way that El Hijo de Fantasma is being presented to us. Like his whole argument is like, Yo, you guys think that this is all an act. Like, he's saying, like, Lucha Libre is all an act. Like, if we're all about flips and and, and mask. Right there, he's letting you know why he took off the mask. Why he's fighting more technically and, and basically hard-nosed and just doing all these flips that he's been known probably how to do since he was, like, 18, 19 years old. But he has an outlook on what he wants to do within the company. And I feel like this is great. It speaks to the wrestlers that are there. And I'm just glad that Joaquin Wilde is not, not looking like a fucking somebody at, at sound factory. He, he was, he, I don't know what the fuck that was, but that shit was crazy. But, um, yes, man. Santos Escobar, hijo de fantasma, legados de fantasma, this is going to be something really good. I can't wait till he kind of gets away from the whole Drake Maverick shit because I just feel like that that's just like a, a one and done type of thing. I really want to see him in the wing, in the ring with uh with Swerve or Strickland. I want to see him in the ring with maybe even Drew Gulak. Maybe Gulak will come down to NXT for a bit, do a match with uh Hijo de Fantasma. Uh let's see. Who else was? Oh, I Hold on. Um, Kushida. I would love to see that again. Kushida versus El Hijo de Fantasma. Not in a triple threat, just them one-on-one. I feel like that would be a great uh, a great match as well. I mean, the Cruiserweight division within the whole umbrella of WWE is pretty, pretty solid. They just need that Cruiserweight belt to go everywhere. That Cruiserweight belt cannot just stay in NXT. It has to go to the main roster as well. That's another traveling belt. Just like the the tag team championship for the for the ladies, for the women, I should say. And the cruiserweight title. And from whatever's going on in NXT UK, motherfuckers out there gotta get their shit together, man. Come on, man. Really, bro? Y'all motherfuckers never seen a lady before? You gotta act all fucking crazy? Relax yourselves out there, motherfuckers. Relax. But NXT UK as well, if that shit's going under or whatever it may be, that UK championship is too fucking pretty to let that shit sit sit in a fucking uh, in a storage somewhere. They got to bring that shit back too. There's a cup, and I say this all the time, yeah, there's a lot of belts within WWE, but it's split into three brands. There's fucking like 200 motherfuckers there looking for something. They got to make everything matter. Everything means something. Like how back in the day, the IC title is basically the title that you're going to win before 
you're even considered for the world title. Simple as that. You just got to build it up. And I feel like they have the right person with AJ Styles to build that up. Uh, Apollo Crews, another that's like a mid-card B, the U.S. title, but it, it's, it's gaining traction. It's, it's having some real people going for it, which is great. So I'm just waiting to see, man, what's going to happen with, with NXT UK and just wrestling in general. I mean, if the next wrestling event I go to has to be an outdoors one, you know, outdoors with a mask on, let's go, let's get it. Don't mind. Don't mind if I do. Just give me six feet, nigga. Fuck away from me. Give me six feet. <laughs> but yeah, man. Um, that That's it for today. You know, it's a short show. I'm here dolo. And just I just want to tell everybody out there, man, yo, listen. Wear a fucking mask. <laughs> you know, just like, let's let's try to get let's try to get shit back to where it was. I know we still need that virus. I mean, um, that vaccine. But let's uh let's try to get stuff to where it's supposed to be. You know what I'm saying? And just enjoy what we got. This is the only type of entertainment that we're seeing different every week. Let's try to enjoy it instead of breaking it down so much. I mean, of course, you ain't gotta like everything. If we liked everything, everything would fucking be boring. But you know, it's not let's try let's try to have the, the shit talking to a minimum. And everybody else, stop fucking groping people, man. The fuck? Fuck is wrong with y'all motherfuckers, man. A little respect for everybody out here. Shout out to the speaking out movement. You know what I'm saying? A little fucking respect for everybody out here, please. And well, we got some new Griselda hit hitting tomorrow. July 3rd, Westside coming out with something. Yo got it. I mean, uh, Moneybag Yo got some fire right now. Says some. Be on the lookout for that. That's fire, that single right there. Hashtag recession proof, as they say. And yeah, man, there's a lot of good music out there. Oh my god, Jada vs. Fab. That versus was crazy. You could that that was that was the tale of two vices right there. That was the tale of the nigga that's always high and the nigga that's always drunk. Jada was lit the whole fucking time. Looking like he was having the time of his life, saying whatever he wanted to and just doing whatever he wanted to. But shout out to those two kings from NY. Put on a great show for everybody. Shout out to Versus for putting out that platform. That platform is just fucking amazing. And yeah, man. It's a little short this week, but you know what? I got some fire for you after this. And we got a couple of uh, of interviews coming up next within the next couple of weeks. So be on the lookout for that. And yeah, man, I'm going to just end it off like that. This was the 20 by 20 podcast. Now I'm your host, Nathan McFly. But wait before we let go. Shout out to the nation of domination. And shout out Los Boricuas. Dio Savio, we need you on the show, baby. We out. Huh? What? Uh, I thought a bro nigga said something. Uh, Talk of shit, but they still ain't saying that. We gon'
trap this bitch out till the feds come. Run it up, run it up. Huh? What she say? Uh, I thought a pussy hoe said something. Uh, I go when I'm talking, you listen. Jealous. Cut her off cause she spoke on the business. Go. Hundreds and fifties. Can't swap a dime for a penny. You know that's a stupid decision. Yep. Head first with it. I shot a shot at my nigga bitch. Really didn't think before I did it. Nope. Make it make sense. Please. Luckily, I was on point with the last hoe. Kept my receipts. Warrant to good. Make sure I got her for a refund when I gave her back to the streets. Go. Forever I rip, put the set on the chain. I'm thugging you, I already know how I count. Yeah, he got money, but niggas be lying. I lambo'd her life, told her get out that rain. Her manny and pity, same color my teeth. White. She got a blue chick and a chick without me. Nice. Hood nigga riding in the phone on E. Still. Sick of these nigga COVID 19. Karate the walkie, trying to keep the cup. Shake. Came up like Yannis, I get bigger bucks. Man. Got four different choppers right there in this truck. No. I'm just being honest, I can get you touched. <laughs> put you in the blender, I can get you slush. <laughs> I see the comments, but really unbothered. I know it's hurting, she salty, I scarred her. Beware what you lay up and say to these bitches, they can't hold water. Period. Uh, I thought a bro nigga said something. Uh, Talk of shit, but they still ain't saying nothing. We nothing. gon' trap this bitch out till the feds come. Run it up, run it up. Huh? What she say? Uh, I thought a pussy hoe said something. Uh, I go when I'm talking, you listen. Jealous. Cut her off cause she spoke on the business. Go! Hey, man, this nigga bag, man. He's so wack. Gotta be real if you gonna represent the M Town, bro. Matter of fact, don't even bump this nigga while I'm in the shop. I thought a nigga who watch what I do, but he can't get his bitch back, said something. Is it true that he posting another nigga money? Probably. I'm put that past him. Maybe so. I thought a hoe that be speaking on me, but be fucking a broke nigga, said something. Listen. Hold up, little bitch. Get a nigga that's lit. I'm the whole loaf. He the breadcrumb. Go. Rappers with these mixed feelings. What? I ain't fucking with him. Nope. Like a Richard Mille. Let me know what time it is. Bag with a run set. Huh? Know you got it on. You're supposed to be smell proof. Busting out the back of seal. These niggas, little boy, childish. Fisher Price. Confident I'm not cocky, so get it right. She been over, but I want some head first. I don't even want to know what the pussy like. Tripping too close to falling, so I'm balling. It's crazy, my up got shot, but I ain't call it. Sight, slow up. I come around, niggas go put they hoe up. These bitches stay on my channel, yeah. Must have seen me on TV, yeah. It took me six hours to count a meal exactly. I'm accurate with that cheese, yeah. Big bag, huh? What? Ah, uh, I thought a bro nigga said something. Uh, Talking shit, but they still ain't saying that. We gon' trap this bitch out till the feds come. Run it up, run it up, huh? What she say? Ah, uh, I thought a pussy hoe said something. Uh, I go when I'm talking, you listen. Jealous. Cut her off, cause she spoke on the business. Go!